Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace, and it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the Allbrace, and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. Hey guys, what's up? This is your host, Ryan, with Torch Talk Podcast, and we got the lovely Tamara. Good morning. Or should you be the host and I be the co-host? Well, you know, I have my opinions. <laughs> well, uh, today... I think Tamara's probably going to have better questions than I am, but we'll see. By the end of the show, uh, if you will go to the Torsion Doc podcast page where we post and let us know who asked the best questions, Tamara or Ryan. And y'all better choose me. We'll see who. Choose me. Better choose me. All (laughs) right. Today we have a special guest. I feel like. We're just hitting it lately with the guests, like super educational, informational. And this is one of those things where like, you know, we just got a GDU summit. GDU summit was incredible. We had, um, we, we went through, uh, how to get your mind right as a business owner, how to handle stresses, which I'll just be honest with you. Like that was a week and a half ago and I failed miserably on Monday, uh, and I was up to like 1.30 working in the morning and uh, stressed out, didn't do my breath work, like just trashed everything I learned all, all like a week and a half ago, which is horrible. Uh, but I at least recognized it the next day. And I was like, this sucks. Um, then uh, Tuesday, we learned about uh, systems and processes, core values, the importance of core values um, and all of that. And then Wednesday, we talked about uh, financial planning for your business and projections and budgeting. And uh, it was an incredible week. We had so much fun. We got to race cars. I drove a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, and a Porsche 911 GT3, which I thought was going to be my favorite car. But I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a Lambo guy. Like the Lambo... Is, you were so the, I wish I could have captured your face afterwards because you were like so jazzed. <laughs> I don't know. Like jazzed is a very tame version yeah. of what I would have said. Right. Lambo was like, and it was super special because the guy that I was riding with, my little host or whatever, he was like, go, 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 push, 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 break, break, turn left hard. And it's like, 
I mean, the whole time I'm like pedal to the metal and um, he had me at certain points where he was telling me to go where, and I, I have a high tolerance for that, where I was even uncomfortable um, pushing it as hard as he was saying. So it was an incredible time. We, we had the most amazing time and um, we just got feedback back from our form uh, from almost half of the people, well, a third of the people that were there. Uh, giving us feedback on the event and uh, everybody had a great time. Content was great. The social time was great. So Tamara, phenomenal job planning all the details. Thank you even you. got a shout out on multiple comments and the food. I did not edit that at all. Just I'm FYI, sorry. I have not edited the responses. <laughs> yeah. So this is a perfect segue from everything, especially if you're a GDU Summit. We're going to talk to Ian today, who's our guest, also known as HR Guy. You may have seen him on Facebook. He's in some of our garage door uh, group, um, Facebook groups. And um, this guy, I love his approach on certain things. Um, he is knowledgeable. He's willing to share. Um, and I, I like how he shares information. So we had reached out to him to, uh, get him on the show and, uh, we felt like it would be a good, a good thing to talk about. Uh, he does basically employee relations. So we're going to talk a little bit. I want to learn about, um, some great tips for onboarding. So Ian, let's kick this thing off, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are personally. And then I want to, I want to talk about the keys to success for onboarding a new employee. Sounds like a plan. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name's Ian Scotanis. As you said, I'm otherwise known as the HR guy across uh, mostly Facebook. I've been doing this direct consulting for the trades and a lot of residential service providers, garage door, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, landscaping. Uh, really, all those companies that are sending employees out in company-wrapped vehicles and everything else into customers' homes uh, requires a huge amount of trust, and all of the regulations out there just don't fit the mold. So there's a lot of crossfire, and people get tripped up way too easily. Uh, there's a reason why there's not very many HR professionals that work in these fields, because... <laughs> We you guys just refuse to follow the, the <laughs> fit in the box. Um, personally, I'm a, you know, I'm a U.S. veteran. I served six years in the Navy, got out four months before 9-11. I've worked retail, advanced electronics, computer repair, home audio repair, uh, doing Best Buy sales bonanzas during a you know, day after Thanksgiving, the whole Black Friday gig, I've I've played in that realm. Uh, you know, I'm a father of five and uh, living out of Minneapolis. And uh, we're we're just rolling and trying to help as many business owners as we can to protect from the increasingly insane government. Yeah, for real. Truer <laughs> words have never even been in California. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, we're going to refrain. Mm -hmm. I'm going to refrain from stoking the fire on that one because um, I have very passionate opinions on uh, the direction and decisions being made uh, by our government. But um, very interesting, bro. You So what I just heard was he needs more consulting clients to pay for the five kids, <laughs> right? Is that what you heard, Tamara? 
yeah, I think it's pretty okay. much. So if you need <laughs> systems processes and you're a service-based company, which most of you are, uh, Ian's your guy, you can hire him for consulting, get things in order. Uh, Ian, tell me, uh, we're, we're going to show off your knowledge a little bit, build, build some rapport with these listeners. Uh, and then at the end, we'll talk about how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in your services. Uh, let's give away some free content real quick. How, what are, what are the most, uh, well, let me ask you this question first. What are some of the biggest issues or things you've seen that are, that should not be done during onboarding? It's a good question, Tamara. Good luck beating that one. Yeah, and then what, what is your, uh, top three do's do these for onboarding? So maybe top three, don't do's top three do's. Okay. Well, for onboarding, you do not want to make that new employee feel like a burden that they're interrupting the operations going on. Uh, the counterpoint to that is you do want to make that first day reflect your culture or your desired culture and what it means to work for the company and represent the brand. That's, you know, while the interview is really the first impression, the onboarding is the first experience. And that's going to resonate with them into the future. So are you making them feel wanted? Are you excited to have them there? Are you prepared to have them there? Or is it an afterthought that's going to set that tone for the employer-employee relationship right out of the gate? Um, don't set false expectations. Don't blow smoke. This is, you know, again, going to that first experience. If they get the sense that you're just giving lip service or you're just going through the motions, it, it just generally doesn't work out well for you. Right. So, you know, even something as simple as have their email address already programmed in have their access to your software systems already there so that you're just going into the training rather than, okay, I need you to stand by. I need to do this. Oh, I got to answer this email. Yeah. Forget all that nonsense. Be ready. And I mean, really anything else, those are the really, I know you told me to do three, but those two really encompass it. Okay. Everything else is just details. Okay. Um, don't forget that they're starting. Yeah. <laughs> Be ready. <laughs> That's number three. I'll add that <laughs> in. I'm not Ian, but since he was short one, I'm going to add, don't forget your employee starting. Um, that's happened to me. So go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. What's three I mean, things that you must do. I know you hit well, on kind of uh, the opposite of some of the, the negatives and gave a few tips, but what are three things that you must do um, to make a great onboarding experience for a new employee? Be prepared, show enthusiasm, and really enfold them into your desired culture. Because I'm going to say, I'm actually going to segue here. Okay. The you know, the idea of company culture, it's talked about a lot, but there's often a misconception of what it actually is. So I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Where do you think, or how would you define the company culture within a company? 
what actually creates that company culture? Uh, I believe it is, um, it's a combination of things, but mostly I believe it's a connection amongst the group uh, to be all, uh, everyone knows where they're going, what they're doing and what's expected of them. And then I think they want to feel cared for and felt like an individual rather than just an employee. And I think if okay. you accomplish those things, I feel like you're on a really good start and having a great culture. Yeah. And accomplishing that helps drive whatever the culture is that you're shooting for. Uh, in general, a lot of people think that the culture comes from the top. And that's actually not correct. I agree. It's, it's really how the employees respond to leadership's efforts. So leadership is setting that, that cultural vision and setting the goalposts. How the employees respond to it and how they're driving to that is the company culture. Leadership, all, all you can do is try to steer the boat. And if there's something going sideways, you have to address it, whether that's getting rid of a toxic employee or course correcting the messaging and getting people on board and communicating. Right. So, you know, the company culture starts and enfolding new employees into the company culture starts the second they walk in that door. Day one, like I said, get them, have their email set up, have their system access, be ready to follow whatever your process is, no matter how robust or how minimal it is for new hire training. Get them into the flow and make them part of the team as soon as possible. Yeah. Nobody involved should be feeling like it's a burden to bring somebody new on. I love that. Yeah, that Thank is you. good. I've failed miserably multiple times and still do. Um, I, I have this like really hard balance between like how much time should I spend with them because I'm the owner. I kind of feel like somewhat obligated to train them a certain portion of their training, especially the first day. But then I've got so much going on that it's like, how do I do that and do it like prepared, do it, do it effectively with everything I've got going on. So um, I'm pulling myself out of the hiring process and trying to pull myself out of the onboarding process, which is proven to be probably one of the more difficult things I've ever given up. I'm a sales and marketing guy. Um, you know, I, I gave up sales, um, uh, marketing, I still kind of manage, but don't do it. Um, but when it comes to hiring, I like to sell my vision and set the expectations for what my company's about very straightforward and then talk about all the crap. And I'm very blunt about it. I'm like, look, we don't have our stuff together hundred percent. Like we, we, we need you. Um, and you're going to come in and help us. And people really resonate with that when you can pitch your, pitch your vision and your passion and your hunger to be great and grow and do all these amazing things. And then be like, but there's some things that are broken. And we kind of hope that when you come in and you get settled, you're going to help, help us fix these things. And, and that's actually a really good way to approach things because you're setting the, the engagement 
you know, you're setting the stage for that employee engagement right out of the gate. We know we're not perfect. We're striving for perfection. We're striving for success. And you were chosen to join our team in the hopes that you're going to help bring us to the next level. And it's opening the door and letting them feel valued, appreciated, and that they're going to contribute as a member of the team, not just a cog in the machine. Right. That's good. Well, since um, we're going we're gonna to let people judge our questions, <laughs> I'll step aside and let Tamara ask a question for once. Well, I just think, uh, so I work a lot very closely with uh, Garage Door U and a lot of them in the conversations in the groups, uh, we have a mastermind, by the way, I'm not sure you knew that. Yeah. We we have a little mastermind of about 30 something business owners. Um, So that's. Yeah. So I, I facilitate those meetings and I know these guys really well. And some, one of the things that comes up very often is the, so uh, the owners go from being owner operators to hiring their first tech. Um, so when they don't, when it's time to hire your first employee, uh, what do you have like a che- checklist or a list of suggestions where they should start? Should they build those processes Dang from it. the beginning? That's a good question. <laughs> I have to think of a good one. <laughs> because a lot of them are like, so they're in that moment where they're like, they're at their capacity and they're frantic and just looking for a warm body so that they don't have to be in the field. But um, I'm trying to work with them on on getting started on the right foot. Um, so just curious to hear your thoughts on that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. You have, like I said before, you have to be ready for that new employee to come in. You have to know what your vision is that you're going to lay out for them. You need to be intentional about what you're bringing somebody in to help you with. Is it somebody who's going to be doing more office work because that's your weakness? Or are you looking for more hands on deck out in the field that you're going to train the technicians so you can transition? Really kind of depends on where in your career you were when you decided to start your own business. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's the perfect answer. You hire for your biggest weaknesses and time, time consumption. Like I'm a, I've seen people who are garage door guys try to go into the office and it takes them like six hours to do a task that someone with like Tamara could knock out in 30 minutes. At that point, you're completely useless, right? In your own business, hire a Tamara, do not hire Tamara, hire a Tamara. And then you do what you do best. If you're a field guy, you stay in the field and hire somebody to do all your invoices, collect your money, like uh, book your jobs to answer the phone, like everything that enables you to do what you do great and better. Yep. And I'm not immune to that myself. Um, This year I hired my first and second employee and, you know, most firms in my position, they would be hiring assistants or you know, somebody to do the the data slogging, uh, you know, helping with the research and pulling data from online and starting to filter it and do all that. But I went the other direction because I'm scattered. I need somebody to organize. So I hired an operations manager right out of the gate. So I went from, I went to the top of the pyramid and we're, you know, we're building the structure uh, going through, but that's because my weakness was setting up the organization in a way that 
I could bring in more people as I continue to grow. So, you know, that's been a, a blessing that I made that choice and it's worked out great. So uh, you have to be self-aware and you have to find a group that you can trust to share that information about yourself with so that you can get the guidance and then work with that guidance to make a qualified business decision. No, no emotional, no emotional knee jerk reactions. Right. Uh, whether you're talking about just hiring somebody, whether you're talking about firing or you're about, you're talking about establishing a new policy with existing employees, you have to be intentional about it. And that's why coming to somebody like me who can help remove that emotional bias from pretty much any situation that you're dealing with, the, the values there, no matter what you're expecting from me. Right. Yeah. Good question, Tamara. <laughs> All right. You're going to step your game up. Cause I just wrote down two questions that I think are really good. good um, all right, we're going to start with this one, and hopefully, because I don't think she'll ask this other question, so uh, I'll ask this one, and then she'll ask a bad question, then I'll ask another good one. <laughs> How do you know when you need to let someone go? Like, what is the, like, what, how do you define that? I always... I always have a really hard time with this where it's like, they probably need to go, but I don't want to let them go. Or I've grown into a relationship with them and it's hard to do. Um, so like sometimes uh, I drag it out longer than I should. And that's proven to be detrimental and hurts more than it helps. So um, how do you know when you need to let someone go and uh, what is the best way to approach that situation with someone? If Ooh, you're thinking, that, Tamara. <laughs> if you're thinking that you may have to let somebody go, you're probably already held on to them too long. Mm -hmm. That's if they oh. are disrupting your peace of mind as the owner and they're distracting you from executing your vision and your business they're not they're not there representing the brand because they're disrupting you from representing the brand yeah. so anybody who doesn't who's not there to represent the brand that you're building and live and work to your vision uh they they need to go they need to find a spot where they're going to fit in better find a vision that they can believe in and follow right um, and that's honestly how a lot of these businesses start is because a business owner is making snap decisions. They're keeping warm bodies. They're treating people like cogs in a machine rather than valued team members. And they're keeping them on just to keep them on and generate revenue. But the people get fed up with it and the leadership is turning them cancerous they get fed up, they finally leave, they start their own operation, get up to the point where they're, you know, they're at capacity. And then they're looking to hire people and they still don't know the first thing about business. Right. So that's where they get into the master groups, mastermind groups and get the business help. But then executing it, you have to have the other side of the coin. And that's the employee management or else you're just going to perpetuate the cycle and create your next competitors. Right. Consistency. 
and everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer is not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. Tamara, you better come to the plate with something good. <laughs> I don't like this like pressure. Ugh. Um, well, I, I'm the I, one in the middle. I know. Yeah. You like this like competition. Poor Ian. He's like, what have I got? This is what I do. I'm a professional insufferable <laughs> know-it-all. So I like playing stump the HR guy. Ooh, I might steal that for my email signature. I've been looking for a new job title, like to put the <laughs> clever insufferable know-it-all. I love that. Um, I love, but I also love that you mentioned that because we had a specific situation where one of our guys uh, was holding on to an office coordinator and he didn't feel like she was the right fit, but he also felt like personally obligated to keep her there. And I, you know, we had a conversation uh, like a heart to heart one day. And I was like, look, if you're not happy, like she deserves to be, have a boss that's happy with her, like release her to go find her, you know, joy in her job. Um, and I think that's really important and poignant because the guys get stuck in this fear mode of like, you have to be, uh, you have so much responsibility to provide for somebody else in their income, but you know. Well, it's not just that as a business owner, when you're a small company, you let somebody go, guess what? It all comes back to you you are now taking on their job. Yeah. And then what are you supposed to do? List her job on the website while she's working there and be yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> if you know anybody, <laughs> you know, you so have, it's kind of like, you have to weird... find the right people. I'd like you to do these screening calls for me. Before yeah, you for real. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, let's, let's talk this out for just a second. Like as a business owner, a lot of people uh, don't manage your time. Well, we don't sometimes realize that we're at full capacity until we're beyond it. Right. And then there's seasons. Like I have this conversation with my wife. She seems to think that all seasons are busy to me. They're not, but you have like the season where I work, you know, eight hours a day. You have the season where I work 12 hours a day. You got the season where I work 18 hours a day. Right. They're very different. And, uh, and you can't do all of them all the time. So when you're at, you know, the season where you're working 16, 18 hour days, it's hard to let somebody go. 
Right. Because you don't have the time to prepare and you're going to take on the additional workload. If you're a smaller company, you don't have people that can, um, can jump in and help. Yeah, but sure. here, here's the flip side of that though. Be aware of that. And if you have too much workflow, be honest with your customers. I'm sorry, we're, we're backed up. Make a recommendation where they can go okay. to get immediate service and you'll follow up with them as soon as you can to make sure they got quality work. I love that. And, and I would rather see owners, employers go down to just themselves, go back to owner operator than have the wrong team just so that they can grow for the sake of growth. Yeah. Because that's not going to be sustainable and everybody's going to be miserable. Nods are it's going to land in a lawsuit somewhere. Yeah. Either a customer's going to get ripped off and it's going to reflect badly on the brand. Employee's going to get disgruntled and file a frivolous complaint or lawsuit. You're going to cut corners. Um, you may not even be aware of corners being cut because you've lost control of the culture. So that's where you have to be aware of it. You have to remove that emotional bias and make qualified business decisions. You have to step out of your head and look at things as rationally as possible. And it's almost impossible for a small business owner to do that for their own environment. Yeah. Right. They're too in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to be clear, that whole thing was part of my question. So Tamara. Yes. I, I do have a question. Me. And it uh so we're talking so we're talking about emotional decisions and not making hiring or firing an emotional decision, excuse me. And, um, what, so if you're, if you're letting someone go, uh, one of the things that I think is really valuable that not enough people do is to have an exit interview or an offboarding process. Um, can you kind of explain how that's beneficial, uh, and how to go about doing that in a way where both parties leave with, you know, no bridges burned and, and have it be a positive experience? Well, it's definitely difficult in the trades, most and in residential service providers, anybody that's dealing with mechanical, technical type work, right. uh, the, the mentality that goes into that type of work is very solution focused and they want to get in, solve the problem, get out. When you're dealing with multiple people of that type at conflicting purposes, Right. You're going into a meeting, it's almost impossible to get out of there without it being a confrontation of some sort. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's not just about the exit interview, which it can be very important when you're letting somebody go or if somebody turns in their notice. Uh, that's actually the most important time to do that exit interview is to try to encourage communication about why they're choosing to leave and right. learn from them whatever you can. Yeah. They just got a better job offer and they're chasing money. Odds are they're not going to be there to represent your brand or that other person's brand. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have to make, you have to identify if you're not delivering on the promise of making employees feel wanted and part of the brand. You can only do that through asking questions. So, you know, why are they leaving? Why are you letting them go? If you have guidance that you can provide why they're not a good fit, if it's just a, 
you're just not meeting our standards. You're not meeting performance expectations or training expectations or something like that. Um, knowing the difference between at-will employment and terminations versus for cause can also help with the way that people leave the company, whether right. it's voluntary or involuntary. Um, what you let them know, you know, you can go get unemployment. We'll give you whatever references that we're able to, um, you know, on a positive nature. But mm -hmm. if they did something wrong, if they did something directly against company policy or worse, illegal or unethical dealing with customers, you need to let them know you cross the line and hopefully you take this as the learning experience, but you can't do it for us. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to be prepared for that tough conversation and follow through on it and don't get emotional. Don't let them drag you into caveats and addendums and personal feelings. And, you know, whether it's Christmas time and they're trying to support their family, unfortunately, that's not your concern. Your concern is the rest of the team and those that are working to execute your vision. Um, and it's difficult. It's difficult to make that separation. That was you a good do question. It. I'm not sure that's going to be to the level that is going to get you first place, but uh, <laughs> all right. So I've got one right here. Um, we, uh, I will a lot of times, especially during the holiday season, when I let people go, I'll pay them out. Um, so like, let's say it's mid-November, I'll pay them through December. Um, don't know why. I've just <laughs> always done that. Um, even non-performers or people who've been written up multiple times, like I still just most of the time just pay them. Um, I know sometimes it's very difficult to get let go and then you got to go find another job and then the pay is funky because you got to work like three weeks before you get paid a full paycheck or whatever. Um, and although it does hurt the company, um, you know, that's probably straight to the bottom line because we're not getting that work and we're not, we're, we're paying it out. Um, I still feel like that's the right decision a lot of times. And it didn't hit me till just recently, you know, I went to Zappos years ago and, um, you know, they pay people to quit after 30 days. They offer them, uh, they offer them a substantial amount of money to, to leave. And, uh, they say that it is better to pay them that and have them leave, uh, than keep an employee with a mindset, uh, or like a short-term mindset of taking the money and go. Um, Amazon, apparently, I think I heard bought them out and implemented something very similar. Um, what's your take on, and, and I just made the connection to like, why don't we make that a thing instead of like me just doing it for certain people? Why don't we make that a thing? And then also at the same time, my attorney's having us write up um, he's like, dude, you're giving this money away and people are still filing unemployment against you. He's like, why don't you make it a thing where it's like, well, we'll do this, but, uh, you can't file any claims against the company, uh, if you accept this money and you leave. So, um, so we're writing that up now in our employment agreements and our, um, like, you know, separation notices. So 
there there's a lot to unpack in that. So yeah. you know that That's a good question, right? It, it's a very good question, and uh, unfortunately, it's not a great question for ah. this type of format because there's a lot of individual concerns in that. Yeah. Um, I am not a fan of paying out any form of severance for non-performers, bad actors, anything like that, just to get them out the door and trying to bribe them under some sort of legal contract to avoid unemployment is very likely going to backfire. Um, now, if you let somebody go because it's, it's a, as amicable of a split because you're not holding on to them too long, uh, giving them some sort of transitional bonus or if you normally give an annual holiday bonus or something like that, giving them a prorated amount of what you'd be spending on that just to help them stay on their feet. But don't, don't sweat unemployment. It doesn't impact anybody. If you have such high turnover that letting people go, you're, wor you're legitimately worried about unemployment, you know, you've got other problems. But if they if they go provide them the resources that they need to get unemployment if it's an amicable split by rewarding failure to perform rewarding not representing the brand or things like that it, it just sets a bad precedent and a bad tone well we don't normally tell people i mean it's going to get out now because of the podcast but <laughs> like um i don't think i make that public i think i have once or twice with certain people but I don't like, I don't think my staff knows anything about who I pay and who I don't pay to leave. But you have to expect that team members that are leaving are still going to communicate with yeah. surviving team members. Yeah. Whatever the nature is, especially if it's a, if it's a negative split, if it, if you're leaving or separating on bad terms. But what if you made it like an incentive, like they did at Zappos, instead of me not having an agreement for it and like, whatever, but it's almost like we bring you on. And then after a certain amount of time, we say, Hey, listen, if this isn't a good fit for you, you can quit and we'll give you this. Um, because they, like they did this analysis that like keeping a bad employee, that's not fully bought in, um, negatively impacts the business by a certain dollar amount. I think it was like $80,000 or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so they were like, well, why not just offer them a smaller amount of money to get them to leave because that person's looking for a reason to leave anyway. So if you give it to them, they leave. And then now you get a chance to go hire somebody who has a more long-term commitment. If you're big enough that that makes sense as part of the psychological weeding out, it can work because that's really going to show the intentions of that individual. But for small family feel type businesses, that's a very cold and calculating thing that it just doesn't resonate in my opinion. Now it's possible that you can sell the concept and you know, I'm not saying that you can't do it, but it, it would be a tough sell for me to, to really embrace that idea. Okay. Um, well, mostly because of the size of companies that we're dealing with. I can't even, uh, Ryan, uh, <laughs> geez. 
I'm unprepared, uh, and I don't have another question. Prepared was one of the first things he talked about. I know. How rude. Well, I'm not an employee, so I'll I'll give her a pass on that one. All right. If you want me to go, I can go. Go. (laughs) Go. Oh, okay. Government. You mentioned here. Government. Uh, Government. FBI. (laughs) So saying all the keywords, um, yeah. everybody who's listening to this on their speaker, on their truck, their phones now heard that and they're now on watch list. Um, so what are some changes that have taken place this year? Business owners may not know when it comes to businesses and employees and things that you think you want to bring awareness to. So the big topic in government right now is uh, dealing with um, independent contractors. So contractors versus employees is a conversation that happens fairly regularly. Um, Under the current modes and models, you have to identify if you're bringing in people subbing out work that is part of your core business. So if you're a garage door company that's subbing out all your garage door install work, that's probably going to be a red flag for somebody. And it doesn't matter if that person isn't branded, isn't, you know, isn't representing your brand, which I find problematic anyway, but you're subbing out the work that is your work. That's going to be an employee. And the more support that you give them, more material support, supplies, direction, expectations, the more you're pushing them into the employee status. Um, The other thing that's going on and that they haven't enacted yet, but they're working on it. And with the results of this last election, I think it's going to come into play is that if you are, if your company is the sole source of income for a subcontractor, guess what? They're going to say you have to make them an employee and you have to do all the taxes, all the insurance, all the whatever. It's all your responsibility. Doesn't matter what that contractor wants. They could be looking for other employers. Um, But these rules are designed specifically to attack things like Uber and Lyft, and those, you know, the gig economy, but you guys are getting caught in the crossfire. And it's unfortunate, but that's exactly, again, why I specialize in residential and commercial service providers, because you guys break the mold time and again, and get caught in the crossfire of these ridiculous regulation battles. It is a unique situation. Yeah. Um, do you have a question, Tamara? Would you like? Oh, I don't have any more questions. (laughs) We'll let you know. I feel like that's, that's your version of like bowing out. Listen, I'm at this point, I'm going for the sympathy vote. So you'll probably win now. Well played. (laughs) Well played. Everybody loves you. They're probably going to vote you hands down for that move. (laughs) I was playing checkers. She was playing chess the whole time. Very well played. Um, Okay. I have started many different companies. Um, I love Gusto. 
Gusto is great because I don't have to focus on like figuring out uh, taxes for income taxes and paying them and all this stuff. And now they manage like um, you can sign up uh, pretty easily for things like um, 401k, uh, health benefits, things like that. Um, what do you like? What do you suggest for startups? Uh, is is something like Gusto? something that you recommend or is there another option for that that you recommend some of it depends on what type of pay you're using so in my company we have mostly salary employees or straight hourly employees pretty straightforward i'm just running payroll through quickbooks um i have you know some new services rolling out come january 1 that is integrating with Bamboo HR um, because they're, they are an HRIS system, which is designed to deal with the employee file management, and that's what they specialize in. And then payroll is simple to bolt on. A lot of the payroll companies like Gusto, ADP, Paychex, they're a payroll processing company that have bolted on these other things that, because they don't specialize in it, it's not the greatest interface. So it really depends. Ultimately, it comes down to how you want to pay your employees. If you're keeping it simple, Gusto or ADP Run is going to be your go-to resource uh, because they process checks and deal with the taxes very well. Um, if you start getting into more complex, one, you have to make sure that you're staying compliant with it because yeah. if you're paying hourly plus, there's challenges with overtime. I'm not going to dive into all that right now. You can look at any of my posts over the last few years for uh, more details there. But the, uh, yeah, it, it just comes down to what you actually need and feeling it out. But anybody can run paychecks. I mean, it's, yeah. you can do it by hand if you really wanted to. There's calculators and all that. It's just. Are you doing, uh, do you have an affiliate link for the, what is it, Panda? Bamboo HR. Bamboo HR. Panda. See the association I made there? I do. <laughs> um, if you've got an affiliate link, you can provide it to Tamara. We're going to post in the, like, just for resources. And listen, it helps everybody. I can earn up to $800 through Gusto if you guys sign up. It's 400 for me, 200 for them. <laughs> That's crazy. That's really good. So if you're looking for a little Christmas money, uh, you can help me out. I'm building a house, so I can really use it. Uh, I don't want to be on here begging y'all, but if you're going to already sign up, you might as well do it through my link. And then, uh, Ian, if you have a link to to the Bamboo, um, we'll, we'll gladly post that. And whatever service you guys feel works best for your business, just use that that affiliate link for either yeah. one of us. Um, and most of most of my referrals come from conversations to find out what works best for for the individual company. Yeah, um, I'm not a one size fits all type of person, even when it comes to my services. You know, I normally give a free sample type consult because there's some emergency that's popped up. I don't want to quibble about okay, thirty minute consultation. You owe me this much unless it's tied into something that's legally problematic and we need to make it official. But so that's a good segue 
talk to us about the services that you offer and the ways that you can help business owners if they wanted to reach out and hire you. Absolutely. So the way we work is basically putting us at your beck and call. So our course retainer service, uh, you know, January 1st, it's going to be 200 bucks a month. And that gets you all of the foundational support that you need. So anything from employee handbook, safety manual, safety training topics, HR tips, unlimited on-call support. My employee just did bucks this. A month. 200 bucks a month. And that's all customized <laughs> to the client's yep. needs or is it templated? It's, well, it's template on our side, but everything is customized to the specific company and specific state. So you know, we are able to template on our side because we work exclusively with your type of business. And that feels like a great deal, bro. Now, who owns that? Do like, let's say uh, after two years, somebody wants to cancel. Do you take all that stuff back as proprietary information or the business? It's it's copyrighted information, but it's your policy book. And ultimately, if you sign up with somebody else or find somebody else that's willing to do HR for the trades, uh, you can you can take it to them. They're probably going to say you need to replace it, just like most of the time when you bring your existing handbook to us, we're going, yeah, we need to replace it. Yeah. You know, but everything is customized and it you have the copies of it. We don't try to clamp down on anything. Um, it feels like a then, good deal, bro. Well. Our second level service is our strategic retainer, and that includes ongoing educational, more proactive support to get you ahead of the curve so that you have less need of those reactionary calls. So, you know, that's only $500 a month, and you're bringing us into your management team to help you organize and build that business on top of your foundation. So... Lots of additional, lots of additional resources there, including payroll compliance, the training sessions, ongoing video library of whatever topics, uh, sexual harassment training, discrimination training, all those that are required. In some what does the sexual harassment training video look like? <laughs> don't. I'm just kidding. Um, On an we, HR we podcast, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> No, seriously. Uh, so that's awesome, dude. I think, I think your prices are reasonable for what you get. Um, is that, uh, where do people find you and learn more about Ian, the HR guy and, uh, and then how do they hire you if they're ready to pull the trigger? You can look me up on Facebook as H dot R dot guy. And, uh, I, as you said, I'm in a lot of the different groups across Facebook, but I'm very accessible. Uh, you can also visit my website at thebigpictureconsulting.com and uh, take a look at our offerings as we're continuing to develop. Like I said, we're rolling out these new services and pricing. So if you hurry up and get in now, you can lock in a permanent discount. Um, like how I slid that in there. Not like that. The, uh, but really just, you know, I'll provide you with all my contact information and Anybody that's interested can always ask questions and I'll help find the right resources, whether it's with us or if something else is going to be a better fit for your needs. If the the $500 a month, is that working with management only or can employees engage with you too? 
as far as the training sessions go, some of them are going to be geared for uh, employee level access, but most of the time we're interfacing with leadership to guide their responses to whatever's going on at the line level. Got it. So we'll work with your in-house HR, kind of like taking over the HR manager or director position within the company and helping guide and train whoever's handling the paperwork aspect. Now, our executive level is oh. integrating with Bamboo HR, and that's where we basically provide an HR department for the company. So we'll help with that onboarding piece. We'll help with that exiting piece. We'll pre-screen applications and even do pre-screening interviews, uh, things of that nature. And that's basically, you get everything and anything we can provide. Nice. Well, first of all, congratulations on your first two hires. That's a big <laughs> Thank you. You doubled, you, you tripled the size of your company. And Double. It, it's been my wife and I from the beginning. She's uh, always, she is our employee handbook expert. On Facebook, she's known as HR Guy's boss. <laughs> I love that. Well played. Uh, I think this is great content. Guys, at the end of the year, we're all trying to do our planning for 2023. And HR, systems, processes, hiring, all that stuff is in our heads. And so uh, hopefully this gives them some ideas and some tips and things to go into their planning strategy. If you want to hire uh, the HR guy, he gave you the information. We'll also have the links to his social media and his website in the notes of the podcast. Uh, so feel free to check us out there. By the way, if you're not checking us out on YouTube, we're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow that. Uh, it's under such and such media. You can hit the bell. Ding. I always watch YouTube videos where they do that. And it's yeah. not it's automated. Not it's that like button. Yeah. And so we want to uh, grow our subscribers. So um, please do that. Subscribe. And then you can hit the bell for notifications. Um, smash that like button. Just kidding. I, I just like saying that. <laughs> I hear you it. You like just lost all the good ones. I know. My kid watches YouTube all the time on the TV. And it's all I hear is like uh, yelling and screaming and because they're playing <laughs> video games or whatever. And then they'll be like, smash that like button. So anyway, all right, Ian, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time. Uh, I have no doubt there's going to be people reaching out to you because this is definitely a need within our organizations in the garage door industry. So uh, thank you for offering a solution of value. And um, I hope I hope a gazillion people sign up. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And Hopefully, at least some of the information that I shared will help people out there, whether they sign up with me or not. Absolutely. I'm I'm here to help. Thank you. We appreciate you.